Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Sister Sarah, we appreciate you. Amen. Thank you for coming. Amen. You've been here several times. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you and your family. Praise the Lord. Appreciate uh, your pastor. So good to be here tonight, Broadway Assembly. Love this church and the congregation, and I am honored to be in the presence of so many uh, pastors that I admire and look up to. Uh, was honored this year to get to preach uh, with Brother and Sister Pinson, um, and we just enjoyed ourselves thoroughly, the fellowship, and um, I am so glad to be here tonight with Brother Grant and Sister Katrina. Uh, we are thrilled for Broadway Assembly and for your youth group and for what God is doing here at the church. And uh, we, we love Brother and Sister Paulman, so appreciate them. Just honored to be in service with them tonight. If I've missed somebody, please forgive me. I appreciate Brother Michael and Sister Victoria Walters helping us drive um, with our youth group and uh, did a great job, Brother Michael. Um, drove, and I was able to finish reading and uh, study and pray, and I absolutely appreciated it. And the Lord already confirmed to us tonight that He was going to work. Go ahead and come, family, if you would. We're going to sing tonight. Um, Lord confirmed He was going to work tonight in this service because I got off work late. We got out of Union Road's parking lot at 345, and uh, I, I went to prayer immediately. Lord, open Columbus up like the Red Sea. You know what I'm talking about if you've made that trek up to winter warm-up. And I'm telling you, we made it through uh, with minimal traffic. And uh, I just was rejoicing the entire way. And we got here five minutes early. It's a record. Praise God. Hey, man, we are typically late every year to Power Surge. And so this year we made it on time, and I'm just thrilled. I'm also thrilled uh, to see the Pritchetts, because the last two or three times I've been scheduled to preach here, they've been on vacation. I was starting to get offended. I thought they were scheduling things uh, around the meeting, but uh, no, it just happened to be a scheduling conflict. But I was glad to see them when we pulled in. I saw Brother Pritchett, and it was uh, it made my heart feel good tonight to see friends. And so uh, I believe the Lord is going to work in this weekend, aren't you? He's already confirmed to me. Um, throughout the worship, uh, what he wants us to hear tonight, and he's confirmed to me in my spirit that he's going to meet with us around these altars. Amen? And so if you need a fresh touch from the Lord, I want to invite you to pursue his presence even right now, just to begin to reach out for him. The Bible tells us that he is not far from any one of us. If we would just reach out, we would find him. Amen?
Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Hallelujah, Lord, to the unchanging God that deserves all praise and honor and glory. We lift our hearts with our hands and we magnify you. We glorify you, the redeeming one, our Savior, our King, who is worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. Praise the Lamb of God. Remain standing in honor of the Word. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Numbers chapter 13. The book of Numbers chapter 13. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 4. And uh, actually, let's start with 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, and those men, or all those men, Notice this, were heads of the children of Israel. So he's sending leadership. He's sending men that are from the tribes, and they're going to spy out the land. Let's turn over to verse 30. The Bible says, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature." And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants. This is what I want us to catch hold of tonight. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. We saw the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. I want to preach to us tonight, the Lord be in my help, on grasshopper theology. Grasshopper theology. You can be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word. The people of Israel have just experienced a tremendous deliverance. They were in exile captive in the land of Egypt for 400 years. And they began to cry out to the Lord, and the Lord heard their cry, and he raised up a deliverer out of them named Moses. But to get out of Egypt, God had to perform some miraculous works. Things that the world had never seen before took place in the country of Egypt. God used plagues. God used um, miraculous provision 
And God used death to bring about a deliverance for his people. And in that moment of deliverance, the heart of Pharaoh was turned and he allowed them to leave. But then it turned hard again. It happened a couple times. And as they have seen now the release, being allowed to leave their bondage, being allowed to be set free, they, they approach the Red Sea and now Pharaoh's heart is turned hard again and so they pursue after them. But God separates uh, their Egyptian captors with a pillar of fire, a, a providential protection, if you will, and he opens the Red Sea and, and they walk across on dry land. A miracle that has not happened up to this point, and I don't know if it's been recorded to have happened since, but God showed them His right hand of power. Not only do the children of Israel cross over on dry land, but those uh, uh, Egyptian captors and the army of Egypt, uh, that, that fire cloud, it, it raises up, and they are allowed to pursue again after them the bible says that as that egyptian army is in the midst of the red sea and as that last hebrew crosses over out of that dry ground across the red sea as they have now parted through the walls of water fall down upon their captors and they are completely subdued and they have gained complete victory Oh, hallelujah. So much victory that Sister Miriam gets a hold of a tambourine and begins to play that tambourine, a shout of worship. She begins to dance before the Lord. It wasn't a carnal shout. It was a shout of praise. They had once been in Egypt's bondage, but deliverance came to me. Hallelujah. Amen. We're talking about a victory. And not only that, not only did they experience deliverance, but God gives to them a promise of paradise. God has told them, not only am I going to take you out of this land, but I'm going to take you in to a better land. The writer of Hebrews described it as a better country. Amen. And so on this journey, this transition, if you will, from deliverance to a promise, the children of Israel find themselves in a precarious place. You see, they're going into a land that the Lord told him was bountiful. A land that is fertile. A land that uh, flows with milk and honey. Now that might not mean a whole lot to us today. But if you were raised in a, an agrarian society, a society that uh, d d they had to have uh, fruits and vegetables, they had to have a uh, farm life that was bountiful to take care of such a population. When the Lord tells you, not only am I going to deliver you, but I'm going to put you in the middle of a land where you're going to have enough for your family, you're going to have enough for your children, you're going to have enough for your own soul, I'm going to plant you there and I'm going to keep you there. Amen. This people heard a promise of paradise to come. Oh, thank God for his promises. You see, they came out of slavery, but now they're entering into a place of abundance. 
It sounds familiar to me and ought to you sound familiar because we too were in a place of bondage and the Lord wrought about a great deliverance. We too were bound by sin and the taskmaster who destroyed and ravaged our minds and our souls on a daily basis. He's been put under the feet of one with final authority. Just as those Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea, my captivity has been drowned under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. We've known what it means to hear a promise that now we are heading somewhere. Where we were once in Egypt's bondage, we are now heading towards Canaan land. It ought to sound familiar that the shout of those that were set free is a fresh shout it's a shout of victory it's a shout of praise and it is a desire to go to a better country we've been delivered but I am concerned that just as the Hebrews before us we may end up making some similar mistakes on this journey to Canaan land you stay with me for a second, all right? I'm going to try to lay some foundation and then we're going to get moving forward. Fear produced forgetfulness. It is amazing to me, Pastor Jones, how quickly people forget. Now, I'm not talking about forgetfulness and going to the grocery store. I, I'm thankful for a Remind app on my phone there have been many times I've called or texted Sister Sarah, why am I at Walmart? I know I'm here for something. I don't remember what it's for, all right? And she has to remind me. And there's still times I forget even when she gives me notes, all right? It's, it, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people of God who know him, who have been with him, who have served him, who have witnessed his miracles, who have experienced the goodness of God. I'm talking about Sister Jones people that have sat on a pew on a Sunday morning and by Sunday night they act like they have no clue what this is all about. I'm talking about people who have experienced a miraculous deliverance in their own life but they, when it comes to Thursday or Friday it's like that was a, a, another life. It was, a, it was just a story. It was just a segment of time. Uh, there it boggles my mind how humanity can so quickly forget the things of God and what he has done in our lives. That is exactly what the Hebrews did. And it's exactly what happens in our churches today. God brought about a miraculous work. God showed them his right hand. He delivered them under the power of his majesty. He revealed to them his very nature. He showed providential protection. He gave them everything that they need. But within just a few moments, it was as if he had done nothing. For we will hear the complaints. Let us go back to Egypt. It was better in Egypt. It was better with a taskmaster. It was better, amen, with slavery. How do we get to this place? Because they were filled with fear. Moses, under the command of the Lord, instructs him to send leadership, men from every tribe, and spy out the land and bring a report. Tell us what you see. 
and they do. For 40 days, these men go and they see exactly what the Lord told them they'd see. They did. They went over, and and Brother Logan, there was a, a vineyard of grapes there. The Bible said by a brook, they had to cut it down, put it, attach it to some a stave or a staff and carry it between two men's shoulders because it was so bountiful. And this was just the first harvest. This is just the first grape of the season. Brother Michael Walters is a a farmer by trade, and so he can tell you in better detail. But as the season progresses for certain vegetation and certain fruitful harvest, the first is not always the best. Sometimes you got to get that one out of the way for even better uh, results to come in. And I'm telling you that what they saw on the first harvest was enough to feed an army, and yet they there is more in store if they would just go for it, right? And so they bring it back on their shoulders and and they even say it is a land that flows with milk and honey there's more than enough for us there's more than enough blessing there's more than enough outpour there's more than enough providential provision it is plentiful exactly how God has said but 10 out of 12 a majority if you will the Bible says brought an evil report They said, everything you're saying is right. Exactly how you described it. You can see the fruit of the land. It even gives a list of other things they brought back. Pomegranates and and other things that were in so much abundance. But they said, there is a problem with the land. There's some giants there. Giants that are in the way. And what they did was they allowed intimidation they allowed inner turmoil they allowed negative thoughts lord help us they allowed things like insecurity to get into their mind and although they saw all that god had promised to be true They could not get past the enemy that was in their way. Everything that they had to offer. Now, friends, I want to point out something tonight. These 10 were the best of the best in their tribe. They were the head of the household. They accounted for their families. They accounted for their church, if you will. The burden of responsibility rested upon their shoulders. They were called and commissioned to bring a report for God. But when they saw an enemy in their way, instead of observing that God has said this, this, and this, and he did not lie, they said God said this, this, and this, but there's something else he didn't tell us. You see what happens even today is that we have promises from God that he has given to us as his people. Promises for Broadway. Promises for your church, Brother Palman. Promises, Brother Pinson. Promises for our church at Union Road. God has told us, I'm going to do a work in these last days. I'm going to send revival. I'm going to heal. I'm going to send I'm going to baptize. We hear the promises, but we see giants in our way 
And all of a sudden, there is a majority that rises up that says the report that we're telling you is the truth. But it's an evil report. Even though it's true, it's an evil report. Why? Because it eliminates God from the equation. We're talking about velocity. We're talking about moving forward. We're talking about having a move of God. If you've not caught on yet, we're talking about allowing God to fulfill the words that he has spoken to us. There are some parents, under the sound of my voice, you've been praying for your children to be saved. You have been interceding for your grandchildren. You've been calling out their name, and you've heard the, the, the voice of a giant that says it's not going to happen. They're not going to come home. They're not going to be born again. They're not going to have deliverance, but I've come to silence the voice of giants tonight that would rise up in your life and lie to you with intimidation and fear. Now I want to ask you a question. What did these 10 actually say to Moses? They said, we saw giants in the land and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. You know what grasshopper theology is? It's when we are the measure by which we measure our lives. If I don't feel good, I'm not shouting, Brother Jones. If it's not my song, I'm not running the aisles. If it's not my tempo, I'm not lifting my hands. If it's not my time for prayer meeting, I'm not going. If it's outreach on my uh, occasions and events, I'm not showing up. If it's not what I want, if it's not how I want it, if it's not the thing that's going to move me, if it's not the thing that's going to motivate me, I'm going to sit back and let somebody else handle it. Amen. And there is a majority in this nation right now that is rising up and they are telling us all about the giants in our way, the giants in front of your church and the giants in front of your home and the giants in front of your life and they're wanting you, amen, to go ahead and pull on back from what the Lord told you and what he promised you. But can I tell you, friend, if you'll get beyond the fear, amen, faith will arise in your life. Hallelujah. We hear, we hear lies and evil reports today. And I want to remind us, adults, this is not a knock. This is not a slam on you. I just want to remind you as one of us, we've got to be careful what we speak into the lives of our children. God, help me right now. We must be careful about the things that we say about the kingdom of God, about the church of God, about the man of God, about the move of God. You see, I'm afraid that we are having adults that are rising up and they're saying things like, this is grasshopper theology, things like, well, we used to have a move of God, but we don't anymore. We used to see miracles, but that's over with. We used to see healings and people come in off the street. That used to happen. You see, what happens is that grasshopper theology starts to look at me and says, I haven't seen it, so it must not be happening. But we have forgot to include a divine person into the equation. When the Lord gets a hold of it, all that matters is what his promise is. And his promise is yea and amen. I will restore unto you the years that the locusts have eaten. 
I will renew. I will revive. I will deliver. I will save. I will baptize. I will do a new thing. I will work a work that you have not seen. Amen. All of the promises in this book are yours tonight. Grasshopper theology looks at our enemies and then looks back at us and justifiably so says, I'm not enough. Because a grasshopper ain't enough. Right? You're right. That's that's the crazy thing about how the enemy works. He'll trip you up with truth. Brother Jones, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I woke up this morning and I went to work just like most of y'all did, right? I, I, I literally ran. My youth group will tell you, I pulled in. They were already loading uh, the trailer up. I ran into my house. Sister Sarah had my clothes ironed. I changed and, and jumped back in. I'm talking, it's busy. Life is busy. You're tired. Even tonight, I can feel my stomach rumbling, uh, Pastor Grant. I'm feeling it, right? I mean, there are things in our world that just chirp at us all day long. I'm tired. Amen. I don't want to go tonight. I don't want to wake up on a Sunday morning and get to Sunday. Sunday school. I don't want to get to outreach. Amen. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will set up. Somebody else will cook. Let somebody else worship. Let somebody else play. Let somebody else sing. Let somebody else do the job. Right? That's grasshopper theology. Because you say, in me, I don't have enough. And I'm going to tell you something. You're absolutely right. But when we remember the word of God says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, all of a sudden The difference has been made up and the giant is no longer as high as he once was. We don't have it in ourselves. But God never asked us to do it on ourselves. Are you hearing me? God never asked you to save your lost family member. God never asked you to baptize your neighbor in the Holy Ghost. God never asked you, amen, to be the one to deliver them from demonic oppression. All he said to do was follow where I move. When that cloud moved, they moved. When that fire pillar moved, they moved. Why? Because they didn't have what you and I have. They didn't have the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They didn't have a covenant of grace. But you and I do. And the Bible says that we are a temple not made by hands. That tells me that when he tells me to move, I gotta be ready to move. When he tells me to witness, I gotta be ready to witness walking in the promises that he has given to us. Their lack of faith cost them everything. And the Lord rebuked them for their lack of faith. 40 years, they were commanded to walk in the wilderness not allowed to possess their inheritance, which by right was given to them. The Bible says their carcasses fell in the wilderness. Only two above the age of 20 were able to go in and possess the land. The Bible says that Caleb was 40 years old when he went and searched out the land for 40 years, from 40 to 80 He walked a walk that was not his fault, a season that was not his fault, but a majority led the family. Are you hearing me? A majority caused an entire generation to be destroyed. And I am worried that the church of America 
is about to enter into a wilderness season if we don't change some things, adults. You see, I get excited for deer season, Brother Jones. We got three more weeks. I drove to work yesterday, Brother Timmy, and I saw uh, men with shotguns on their shoulders as I drove by the state park. It's, do- it's dove season and squirrel hunting season now. And so I watched them first day. I, I work in a very rural school, and I- all these... Can we say rednecks here? Anyway, all these um, these people that love the woods were out there, and they were getting text messages from kids skipping school. I got 14 squirrels, right? I mean, they are all pumped, right? I love that there are things out there that God lets us enjoy. I love athletics. I love getting together with God's people. I love board games. I love doing things that are fun. Hey, Amen. I like skydiving. Not skydiving. I've done that yet. I want to. I like bungee jumping. I've done it a couple times. I enjoy it. It's, it's thrilling. It's exciting. But you know what I love more than any of those things? Amen. Brother Pinson, when I was in college, I I went to a a basketball game. Don't fall out on me, all right? I'm just being honest with you. I went to a Wright State basketball game. It was the championship game. We were going against Butler, the Bulldogs, whenever they went to the national championship that year. But in our league, they were there in the championship game. We were supposed to lose. And I'm in the student section, Brother Jones, and all of a sudden, we're going to win. Right in that crowd erupted and we rushed the floor and it was exciting for about three seconds until I thought I'm going to die right here crushed because of a game. I, I, I love having fun. I love getting together with family. I love getting together with friends. It's, there's, there, there's hardly anything else in the world that I enjoy more. And as we were driving up here, do you know what I was thinking about? I love coming to the Lord's house. I love being in his presence. That song uh, Brother Atkins uh, wrote, I love worshiping you. Why? Because I remember what it was like when I was in Egypt's bondage. I remember what my heart was like. I remember what my mind was like. I remember how ravaged I was internally, how messed up my emotions were, how tore up I was by the enemy. But I also remember the night that Jesus washed me and he called me into his home and made me one of his. That's why I love the Lord. And I wonder tonight, are there any adults or young people you remember and you want to give God a fresh praise for what he's done in your life? We've got to give our love for the Lord and our faith in his promises to our children. Got to pass it on. The other night we were talking with some friends or a friend. They were talking about their son. And it doesn't matter where they are in the nation. All right, we'll just put it that way. Said I, they, they just don't really love the Lord's house like I would like him to see. Just kind of act bored, you know. Come to church and can't really wait till it's over. And all I could think about was all the services the parent misses. Again and again for this thing and that thing, for this excuse and that excuse. And I thought what you've told that kid is that there's everything else more important than the house of God. You've told him that practice is more important. You've told him that this is more important, that's more important. And and I'm not knocking them, but as we begin to talk to him, my heart was stirred. If I don't love God and his promises enough to defend against them, then I'm going to lay it aside and it will be my children that reap the, the, the worst of it because we have shown them that God's promise is not worth having faith over. But if we remember that everything he says is yea and amen, that tells me when I get in here on Sunday, 
Sunday morning, I'm ready to worship. That tells me when I woke up on Saturday morning, I was ready to worship. That tells me that when the doors are open, I'm ready to be there because I want to see the promises of God in my home. These men saw giants and they said, our children will be destroyed. And God said, your children are the only ones that's gonna see the promise. We have had a generation in this United States church that have neglected the word of God. They have turned their back on the promises of God. They have ushered in a false God to worship. And because of that, we have witnessed an entire generation. Brother Pinson and I were talking about it. I believe it can. How there has been in our age group a dearth of individuals that have walked away because they did not fall in love with Jesus for themselves. I'm calling you tonight to remember what it was like when you were lost and to remember what it was like when you were found and to hold on to the promises that God has called for your life. It cost them dearly. It cost them everything. And they all died in the wilderness. The Bible said that when the last warrior died, that was the moment that God said, now turn aside and go up. Don't pass by this mountain again. It's time to, it's time, it's time to inherit, right? But now Caleb's 85 years old. Do we have anyone maybe here tonight around the age of 85? Maybe not. 70s, any 70-year-olds in here? Yeah, all right. You know what Brother Caleb said? He told us, he said, Brother Joshua, I, we've walked this wilderness not because of what you and I did, we worship the Lord. And let me tell you real quick, that season in the wilderness can feel like forever. And it can even be because somebody else did not obey and you're reaping their lack of obedience. But can I tell you, even in the midst of a dry season, we as the people of God must learn to hold on to the promises of God. We have got to stop looking at all of the dryness that happens to be around us and saying this is how it's always going to be because there was a moment in your life when you were at the altar and you heard him say, this is what's gonna happen in your home, in your life, in your family. And the enemy will tell you yes, but you woke up and it was dry today. And you woke up yesterday and it was dry. And it's probably going to be dry tomorrow. And even if it is, God has still been good enough to us to keep trusting him, even in the middle of a wilderness season. But friends, I've come to speak to you tonight that the wilderness is about to end. And you're about to enter into Canaan with the promises of God in front of you. Forty years. 40 years of worshiping when everybody else was dying. 40 years of faithfulness when all of the peers were no longer there. 40 years of continuing when everybody else said it wasn't worth it. 40 years of walking when the report was, yeah, but there's enemies there that's gonna destroy you. 40 years, it seems like it's never gonna come. And there's moments that heaven, uh, our destination, our Canaan, it feels like it may never actually happen. 
Amen. Some of you have been serving the Lord for longer than I've been alive. Some of you have been serving the Lord, amen, maybe 50 years. And it's worse now than maybe it's ever been in your life as we look around America. But, but friend, I don't want to take on, amen, a message of the 10. Because even in the middle of a bad situation, even when giants are all around us, even when there seems like an enemy on every side, I hear the report of the Lord that there's still a place where milk and honey flow and there's still a refuge and a blessing for you. And so, you maybe have been walking as Brother Caleb and Brother Joshua walked. You see, the beginning of the story happens in the book of Numbers. You got to go all the way through the book of Numbers and you got to go all the way through the book of Deuteronomy and you got to go about midway to Joshua before you hear from Brother Caleb again. And when you get to that moment, It says the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb said unto him, Thou knowest the thing the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to spy out the land. I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of people melt. Listen, we've got to take into consideration the things that we say, the things that we post, the things that we preach, the things that we espouse around the dinner table. It can melt the heart of someone to stop believing in God. Or we can have a testimony that says we will conquer the land. Hallelujah. Amen. What are we reporting to those around us? But I, Caleb said, I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever. Because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, While the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day 85 years old. Mm. 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day. I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war both to go out and to come in. Oh, God help us. Amen. Brother Jones, I would to God that we would see not only a generation of young people rise up and proclaim that God's word is still the word for their life. But I have been praying that at Union Road, Brother Paulman, we would see a resurgence and a revival in our adults, in our parents, in our grandparents, in our aunts and uncles, that we would have a burden that would rise up inside of us, that we have not yet obtained nor conquered all that God would have us to do. And he is able to supernaturally 
give you the strength to do the work. You say, well, I've been in this church 85 years. I've been here since so-and-so started it. I've seen this and this and this. My time's done. I'm going to put it in cruise control until I get to heaven. No, friend. We need you, Grandma. We need you, Grandpa. We need you, Mom and Dad. We need a fresh stirring. We need a fresh revival, a fresh hunger, a fresh move of God in our hearts. You say, well, Pastor Brian, are you saying that we don't worship? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you've been worshiping this long and you've been this faithful for all of these years, why don't we just finish strong? Why don't we run into the presence of God? Why don't we obtain precious promises and seek after a fresh move of the Lord? Sister Jones, go ahead and come. Caleb said, I'm, I'm as strong now for war both to go out and to come in. I'm 85 years old, but I'm ready to roll. Oh, you point me in the direction, Joshua, and we're ready to obtain some things. Amen, ready to go to war with the enemy because as far as I know, the giants are still there. And as far as I know, there's still enemies in the way. But this is what he said. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. For 40 years I have been walking by and I've seen it in the distance and I've heard something in my spirit say, the Lord promised it and it's going to be mine. For 40 years I've walked in a wilderness place. I've been in a season of dryness. I've experienced my friends come and go. I've watched loved ones pass. I've seen this happen and that happen. But for 40 years I have heard the voice of the Lord tell me that there is an inheritance waiting. And for you and I, friends, there is yet an inheritance that if we were to know what was really ahead, there would be nothing in our way. We'd lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and we would run with patience. Whereof the Lord spake in that day, thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord, oh, listen to this, he's still proclaiming a good report. If the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out. As the Lord said, not by my might, not by my power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. I've preached long tonight, I'm sorry, but I've come to remind you, God wants you to obtain victory in your home, in your church, and for the eternal reward that lies ahead. Some of us have heard the reports of the majority. And maybe our hearts are starting to melt. But if that's where you're at tonight, I'd like to remind you, the Lord has spoken some things to us. And His Word will not return void. What you have prayed for is going to come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. What you have sought after carefully with tears in your life, in your prayer room, at night on your pillow, you have called out to the Lord and no one has seen it and the enemy has said you have been forgotten, but the Lord has heard your cry. He has seen the tears and he has bottled up the prayers. He is going to bring it to pass. Don't let fear, don't let fear destroy what God has got for your life. Staying across the house, 
I don't want us to wait at all. I want us to be willing to respond right now in the name of Jesus. You have prayed for something in your life and the enemy has said it is not going to happen, but tonight you are standing on the promises of God. I want you to come right now across the house and say, I believe the report of the Lord. I stand on the report and the word of God. If that's you, don't hold back. Yes, amen. Obey the Lord tonight. You have heard, amen, the enemy tell you it's not going to happen, but you're believing for the revival that God has said will come to pass. You are believing for your children to be saved. You are believing for revival in your community. Amen. For revival in your church. Let's seek the Lord tonight all across the house. Call out to Him.